Hi everyone, welcome back to the We Got Us Conversation Tour. Today, we are taken live to Jess Cakes Bake Shop. I'm here with operator, founder, general boss, Ravina <laughs> Alvaroy. How are we doing today? Good, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to just sit down with you and uh, talk about life and this journey. Yeah, yeah it's been a long time coming sure, for yeah, us to have this definitely. conversation in this space. Yeah. So, the purpose of today's conversation and the title of it is to protect your dreams. Because mm -hmm. when we're at a very young age, we are told to, yeah, go pursue your passion. You know, yeah. Go chase your dreams. And that classic elementary school poster of, you should shoot for the, you should shoot for the moon, because if, even if you don't get there, right. you might, you're going to land in the stars, right? right? But then for a litany of reasons and to a variety of degrees, 98.7% mm -hmm. of people stop chasing their dreams. Right. Their dreams become... A hobby. Mm -hmm. Their dreams become a side project, a side gig. Right. Their dream becomes something they just do on the weekends. Right. But if you, that. yes, yes. If that. Mm -hmm. And I totally respect that. And a lot of people just we all got to eat and whatnot. Right. But I'm so inspired by you, and I wanted to have you on the We Got Us podcast for first for the first season because you are one of the very few, a handful of people in my life mm -hmm. that have converted their dream and their passion to their career. Right. Very, very blessed and very lucky to have had that opportunity to do so in the first place. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's been it's been a roller coaster, just to even mm -hmm. I can't even sum it up into words. Yeah. Um, it, it's interesting to see that shift that we have in elementary school, where literally all of our journal entries are, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" Yeah. and your dreams. And I totally resonate with that. Um, but then as we move forward in middle school, high school, you know, post secondary. Um, that often gets shut down as mm -hmm. seeming far-fetched, yet we've been taught our entire ch child lives to dream big. And right. when we do dream big, it's shut down. Then it's yeah. such a psychological, you know, like trip. Like you don't, Absolutely. you don't know what to think of it. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just, uh, it's just kind of breaking down, you know, cultural, societal, mm -hmm. all these, all these kind of factors that play into that. And, mm -hmm you know, realizing that your dreams are worth it at the yeah. end of the day, right? That message yeah. still exists, so. So in that journal prompt in elementary right. school, where they ask, what do you want to be when you grow up? Exactly. And you, you have that, you have that half, Astronaut. you have that half text, exactly. half coloring. Yeah. Did you write down, I want to be a cake artist? No, I didn't. Oh, I really you're didn't. You're really so much cred. <laughs> <laughs> what did you I write? actually didn't. I actually wanted to be an author. Um, so what I wanted she is to now? Which I am now, actually. Shout yeah. Out to the book. <laughs> um, I wanted to be an author. I wanted to write. I was so inspired by like J.K. Rowling and mm. fantasy books and yes. sci-fi and things like that yeah. that I would find myself, you know, writing in journals and journals mm. of like just fiction stories. Absolutely. And I wanted to be an author. And yeah. so I always imagined myself growing up. Oh my God, this is such a. I haven't even talked about this dream before, but it was like um, breaking news. <laughs> it was. A recurring dream. I was on the red carpet for writing a bestseller book, and I was in a red dress, and everyone was saying, "Miss Obroy, the author. Miss Obroy, the author." Yeah. So that's kind of what my childhood dream was like. Mm. And then my relationship with writing um, did morph into something a little bit more dark mm. in my teenage years, yeah. as I was going through some mental health stuff. Yep. Um, and just Which last we'll touch on year, later. yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll touch on that later. But. Um, but within the last year, I started to love writing again and the, the cathartic nature of it. So, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Okay, shifting from childhood dreams yeah. back to reality. Right. July 17th, yes. 2017. Yeah. We launched here. Okay, right. can, I, can I take us back to a certain place? Yeah, of course. 
So this photo right here, grand opening party. Yay! Uh, we got we got the boss here. Yeah. We got uh, the boss's fiance. I got myself. Uh huh. Three years ago now. Yeah, almost three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you look at this, crazy. And you look at us now. When yeah. You look at you now. Yeah. Do you still have to pinch yourself some days? You're like, damn, like 100%. this is real. This happened. Hundred percent. I'm always so flabbergasted. So like, I can't believe this is my life. Like literally, we do projects sometimes. Like just this past weekend, I did the largest cake of my entire career. And I'm like, I cannot believe I do this. I cannot believe I do this. Mm -hmm. And still to this day, I'm, I'm very grateful that I have the life that I have and that I went for my dreams. But I also am very proud of myself for going for it because I wouldn't have gotten here without that struggle, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, constantly I'm like, I can't believe this exists. Yeah, yeah. And I can't believe we've made a home from this. Yeah, and amazing. so many, my team has made a home from this. My yeah. team has made a, a living, a livelihood from this. And yeah. that's the greatest feeling ever. Yeah, absolutely, sure. absolutely. Right. So in three years of operation, right. what's one thing that you could tell yourself back then in this photo right. that you wish you would have had, had known and that you wouldn't mm -hmm. have to relearn or learn overall later? So I actually would do it all over again in the same exact way because I would yeah. not be here if I didn't learn those mistakes, if I didn't lose money or if I didn't go with the wrong supplier for that deal. I'm right. really grateful that I went through that and still was standing after it because it taught me how to, you know, face struggle, how mm. to answer to adversity, how mm. to answer to people that are questioning you. So I actually would go back and do it all over again. I would maybe trip a couple more times too, mm -hmm. just so I could be better. I don't think yeah. there's a notion. I think perfection, one, it's not attainable, but in terms of in the realm of business, like, yeah. yes, you can, you can strive for it, but you need to make those mistakes. Yeah. Like Nike wasn't built as a multi-billion-dollar company in Start a day, as Blue Ribbon Sports. right? And you gotta, you gotta just keep going with it and make those mistakes. Yeah. Those mistakes are necessary for success. Yeah. And noticing, and also accepting the humility mm. of being human, yeah. right? And just we're gonna make mistakes, but we're gonna learn from those mistakes. Yeah. So I'm very, very grateful for the mistakes I did make. Absolutely. And yeah. yeah. So you and I have both love books, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, have you heard of the author Seth Godin? Yep. So in um. One of his speeches that he, one of his keynote topics that he gives is right. the person who fails the most right. wins. Yes. And I think what you said right there is mm -hmm. a perfect encapsulation of that. Mm -hmm. Like everyone is so afraid of this like concept of failure, of especially in entrepreneurship because of totally. obvious reasons like losing money, losing friends, like right. we just got to live, yep. et cetera. Of course it's but scary. But then you got to try it though, you right? If, if you don't try it, then like how is all of this built? We are very privileged to live in the country that we live in. Yeah. We're very blessed to have the lives that we do. So why not? Mm -hmm. And, you know, go for it. Because mm -hmm. if you don't, you're doing yourself a disservice, mm -hmm. a huge disservice, especially because you do have the potential to go for it, right? Yeah. Given the Protect opportunity. Protect your dreams, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And one of my favorite quotes from... Um, the latest Avengers. Mm -hmm. You watch... Um, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but regardless, um, you know the overall premise? They have to defeat the Thanos mm -hmm. character. But uh, Scarlett, right. Scarlett Johansson says to the rest of the Avengers, like, because half their team got eliminated, mm -hmm. she puddles them all up and is like, okay, we owe this to everyone who's not in this room. Yes. At least to try. I don't know if you've yes. seen that clip. And I think that's what, that's oh what my I'm God. trying to accomplish. I got chills. Yes. That's, that's what you're doing totally. this stuff day in, day totally. out, right? Yeah. So that's awesome. As a young brown girl, not a lot of brown girls get this opportunity, man. Like, that yeah, is my sure. why. That for is sure. my reason why I do what I do is because I am very aware of the fact that not a lot of people get this opportunity. Yeah. So I'm going to kill it. I'm going to crush it for those people that don't get that. It's not in this room. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Shifting gears. Yes. In an offline conversation, 
at dinner about a year, 1.75 years ago at Earl's. Yeah. I don't remember which Earl's it was, but right. it was close to here. Yeah. Um, before I started Gaber Inc. and before I became the person I am now, I wanted to sit down with the entrepreneurs that I admired who had paved the path before me. Mm -hmm. And you were obviously one. Thank you. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that you said that I carry to this day mm -hmm. is all successful entrepreneurs mm -hmm. have a degree of obsessiveness. Yes. And that's not something that's taught in school. We're no. taught to, like for English class, you're taught right. if, if it's Hamlet, read chapter one, come back tomorrow. Exactly. We're going to have this test on this. Right. But even in this, but obsessiveness drives both of us right. in, to different degrees and in different ways. Mm -hmm. Even like once you said yes to this interview, mm -hmm. it took me about 15 minutes to write all of these questions out from brain to paper. Right. But the moment that you said yes to this interview, I consumed every piece of information right. that I could find about you. Yeah. I talked to people around you. Wow. I watched your show. I, I read your book. So in yeah. total, I probably spent like eight, nine hours thinking about what to, what to ask you. Right. But in reality, this could be like a 30-minute conversation. Yeah. So how do you... I, I personally don't have an answer to this yet, but mm -hmm. how do you think is the best way to channel your obsessiveness in a healthy mm -hmm. way for like a 16-year-old watching? I think... I mean, I think it comes with a lot of finding out about yourself and what makes you tick and listening to that tick, right? Listening to... What is waking you up in the morning? What strives you? List, like, if someone is obsessed with watching sports, that means something. If someone mm. is obsessed with, you know, um, a certain movie or a certain, you know, any activity, if someone is so focused in on that, that mm. means something. I think that's a very observant, obvious fact that it means something to that person, mm -hmm. significant. And we attach meaning to things. We have a conscious, active decision of attaching meaning to the, our life events, to what makes us tick, essentially, mm -hmm. right? right? So it's honing in on that and listening to yourself. It's like this, like for me with caking, like I would cake everything in the high school. I would make, <laughs> I would literally make all my school projects yeah. in cake form. I would, yeah. um, you know, bring cupcakes to class. I would, in UBC, I would go around in Irving in the library and hand out my business cards to every single person yeah. studying there. I would, you know, be here even after whatever we've achieved with just cakes. I'm still watching YouTube videos four to yeah. six hours yeah. at, in the middle of the night, Same just thing, trying right? to learn, just trying to learn, mm -hmm. right? And it's like, it's that obsessiveness that you love something so much, you're passionate about it. And that word passion is so powerful, right? Yeah. And just, you want to consume all the information that you can about it and you want to know everything about it. And to do that in a healthy way, I think you need to really be open with yourself and listen to yourself in terms of what drives me. What's my why? What's my, what is the action that I'm doing that is so prevalent in my life and going for it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what would your advice be to someone who right. hasn't found their why, like right. for you, who hasn't found cakes for you right. and for me, is having conversations and sure. passing on and simplifying all the self-help ideas mm -hmm. and, and helping the next generation forward? I think it's being open. I think it comes back to the notion of fear. And mm -hmm. as humans, instinctively, evolutionarily speaking, we are conditioned to be fearful of what we don't yes. know. Yeah. We, of what we don't know, right? Yeah. And so that means fear. That means failure of of messing up, of not knowing what tomorrow's going to bring, but we're never going to know. So it's, what's the point of being afraid, mm -hmm. right? And it's about opening yourself up in terms of what I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, 
I can reframe that, be like, this is an opportunity for growth. Even if I don't like something, mm -hmm. I will still know I don't like that one thing and then therefore can move forward. Right. So as long as you stay open, I think that's the key is being open to different things. Who knows? I could go out tomorrow and realize I love extreme sports, yeah, yeah. but I'm never going to know if I don't try. Right? What are you doing tomorrow? But yeah, you're, you're never going to know if you don't try. And yeah. I know that's so cliche, but it's so true. But also like you and I are in our mid twenties now. Mm -hmm. So there are consequences of yes. failing. Yes. But I think if I were to, if I were to tack onto your advice, mm -hmm. fail as early as possible. As early as possible. Like when you're, exactly. when you're in high school and exactly. you're late elementary school, what do you have to there's, no, there's no consequences. Nope. Go, if you want to try drama, if you want to mm -hmm. be anything in the world, if you exactly. want to do violin, I think go, the go current some hours. school system, it's so archaic. It doesn't play to how society is evolving, right? Yeah. Like we, there's much more than getting your, your linear degree, job, family, yeah. kids, whatever, right? Yeah. There's so much more out there now. Yeah. And that's a whole cultural conversation that we can get into yeah. another time. Yeah, yeah. But it's just like, yeah, go for it. And, and yeah. Fail as early as possible. Do yeah. as much as you can as early as possible. Because that's when you're going to find it. The person who fails the most wins. Exactly. The person who exactly. fails the most wins. Totally. Amazing. Totally. Okay, speaking on culture for a second. Yes. Both of us come from immigrant backgrounds. Yep. Did you, were you born in Canada? I was born in Canada, okay, yeah. Amazing. Okay, mm -hmm. But regardless of being yeah. born here or not, Still. I think there's part of obsessiveness is being labeled as an outlier. Yeah. Part of being labeled as for lack of a better word, like an outsider, right? Yep. And I, that personally drove me yep. off the wall because I couldn't speak English for like the first three years I was here wow. when I was seven years old. Right. So while everyone else was going for recess after school, they were going for sports, yep. I would watch TV mm -hmm. endlessly. But I wouldn't watch TV for the sake of enjoyment. Mm -hmm. I would watch it for learning. Right. Like what, the first time I made someone laugh mm. in English, mm -hmm. I stole a direct joke from mm. Digimon, the cartoon. No. Shout out to Digimon. <laughs> and then I used that joke. Yeah. I can't recall what that joke is. In grade five, yeah. person laughed. And I was like, yeah, that works. Yeah. And I'm going to keep doing this because I realized that right. if, I, if I continue to borrow ideas, right. eventually those borrowed ideas will have as much value for me as an original one. Totally. Because these people aren't willing to work mm. this hard. They want to enjoy life more. Than, they're not willing to match my level of preparation mm. even at when I was like nine right mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so for you mm -hmm. does being an immigrant or your immigrant status just being a person of color has right. that driven you 100% every single day um, being a woman woman of color yes. in a, a, a culture or society that um, is very patriarchal still that drives me every single day because like when I was growing up I, I grew up in Abbotsford, small town vibes, right? Yeah. And a lot of the times where, so I have two sisters. So right. in an Indian family where males are preferred, right. and actually a lot of, you know, immigrant families, um, males are preferred. So I grew up with outsiders or extended family or whatever saying, oh, yeah, your, your parents should have another kid until they have a boy. And it's like, why? Why, yeah. right? And right my, my parents are amazing individuals and ever since I can remember they've been like no our, our daughters are going to be just as 
just as good as, if not better, as a man. They will work just as hard, if not more, more than a man, right? So I grew up with that kind of language, yeah. and that was very, very, very beneficial in terms Absolutely. of forming my mindset and my self-esteem. Um, but, you know, with the process of running a business, doing construction work, doing yeah. all of this, doing all the back-end stuff that typically is a man's job, yeah. um, that has definitely been a struggle in this entire process in yeah. terms of, you know, having kind of a chip on my shoulder. And it's like, no, I'm, I'm going to prove... I don't like saying prove you, prove people wrong. I like saying prove people right. Yeah. Prove the people that... Are, prove yourself are, right. Prove yourself right. That yeah. I can do this, right? I, can, I don't need to listen to all these voices yeah. or the dialogue that's being, being had. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely driven me. And also yeah. just watching our parents work, right? Like oh. my parents... Man, they left their dreams Double their entire our days. Yeah, is every a norm, day, right? Every yeah. day. What's a Sunday? Exactly, yeah. exactly. And I grew up seeing my parents work their asses off, yeah. right? And um, so that has been a huge thing. And just realizing and appreciate the immigrant kind of journey, right? Mm -hmm. They they leave their home country to come here to get a better life. Yet they're placed in their degrees don't matter. Not, their their background doesn't right. matter. They're just set to work, yeah. right? And they, all they want to do is create a better life for us. Yeah. And now that they have, I want to you know pay my respects to them yeah. and you know be yeah. I'm going to work just as hard. So you know just learning from that and yeah. just like I'm going to work just as hard or just prove to them prove them right that they've done a great job yeah. or just like it's it's such a big conversation I or feel I like I'm not um, eloquently saying it but it, it's just it's just you see that yeah. and you want to you want to respect that mm -hmm. at the end of the day and for my viewers yeah. most people know that I'm extremely driven by the ethos of Kobe Bryant's mom and mentality mm -hmm. and Same. um <laughs> I love it <laughs> <laughs> and um, in a book released in 2004 by yeah. the Lakers head coach at the time, Mr. Mm -hmm. Phil Jackson, mm -hmm. he called Kobe uncoachable mm -hmm. because he would just be on his own wavelength. Right. But he also described his co-star at the time, Shaquille O'Neal. Mm -hmm. And he called out and criticized Shaquille for wanting to play his way into shape. Mm -hmm. So one of his famous lines was, uh, Shaquille's lines was, he, he hurt his toe one season and he didn't, he didn't do any rehab in the offseason. Mm -hmm. But he came back in, in uh, training camp in mid-August, early September, and was like, I got hurt on company time. Yeah. I'm going to recover on company time. Wow. Which drove Kobe off the wall. It would uh -huh. drive people like us yeah, off the wall. Yeah, totally. I'm he's, like, no. When, once the season ends, he's <laughs> right. obsessed about five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten hour days. Right. I'm going to squeeze every inch of the orange, how, make as much juice as possible. Right, right. And for, I think, for both of us, I think that's the place that we come from. Like, totally. I'm here. I'm here to be Kobe, not Shaq. Okay, moving on to the show that you were just on. Yeah. The Big Bake. Congratulations on Thank winning you. first week. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Amazing, amazing. That was fun. Yeah. So on the topic of, of obsessiveness, right. you brought two of your colleagues to be yeah. on the show with you. Right. How do you, or how did you, and how do you mm. continue to find like-minded, obsessive teammates right. to be with you to build this business? I think it has a lot to do with more so leadership. I don't think you can necessarily replicate an obsessiveness because I feel like that obsessiveness is so unique. So like whereas, for example, Whitney would be, I, I, in my eyes, she's more obsessive, obsessive in the task of like sculpting rather mm. and then Madison more obsessive in the task of baking, right? right? So they have niches. And then that I took it upon myself to be, you know, the leader in that in terms mm -hmm. of nurturing and fostering that. Mm -hmm. So in terms of um, 
you know, praised going along the way and realizing that they need to play to their strengths and I need to play to mine. Yep. So in the show, you also do see me, you know, saying Whitney's going to be doing this, Wes is yep. going to be doing that, and that was kind of a collective decision. Yeah. And just again, it's just playing to strength, to strengths. It's mm -hmm. any kind of team sport, right? Um, yeah, and I think that had a lot to do with it. And just uh, oh, I had a point there, and I totally slipped. Um, we can edit this. <laughs> Maybe um, I don't know. I'm not in charge of that. But uh, oh my god, what was I going to say? Yeah, I think I think it's just yeah, playing to your strengths and yeah. leadership is a huge, huge thing. Yeah. Um, and I don't think obviously this isn't my baby, yeah. so I'm gonna be obsessed about my baby in a different way than someone yeah. else would be obsessed with it, right? So. I love that though, because mm -hmm. um, LeBron James once said, mm -hmm. "It's up to me as a leader yes. to put the ball, depending on who I'm passing to, I have to make the appropriate pass to that person." 100%. Yep. I can't throw the ball to Kyrie Irving the same way I, I, I throw the ball to J.R. Smith. Of course. I don't know yep. if you know who those I do. lesser characters are. <laughs> I do. Just over time, right? <laughs> over time, yeah. I know them. <laughs> Developed uh, informational overwhelm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but amazing. Yeah. So, but on the show, you had five hours to create. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, create so this. Crazy. I can't believe we did that. That's In five hours. Five hours. Five hours. Plus. Craziness. So for some traditionally like this, yeah. without time constraints, how long right. would it take you to make that? 24. 24? <laughs> the detail work on that is ridiculous. And just baking everything and stuff. So a little bit of movie magic. Like they baked a couple of things for us um, yeah. off, off camera. So it's, it was ready for us to sculpt and ice and whatever. So if you actually bake that cake, like you would need a good few days. Yeah. For sure. That's very but even the decorating time, like the decorating time, minimum, minimum 12 hours. Amazing. Yeah. I'm very interested in your mm. thoughts on something that takes 12 hours to create. Right. Sometimes more. Yeah. Is consumed mm -hmm. in, say, 20 minutes. Mm. Mm -hmm. does, that, does that bother you at all? Like my masterpiece, it takes me this amount of time to create my masterpiece, right. but the person who is on the receiving end of the masterpiece right. may not have that same level of joy. Right. I think that's I think that's an individual kind of relationship that you have with that. For me, it's like the, the journey of making that, the process of making it is much more meaningful than the end result, right? right? Like the end result, sure, it's beautiful, it's pretty, yeah. but that creative process means a lot more to me. Yeah. Like you're going to go through, oh, this is crap, this is amazing, this yeah. is crap, this is great. This crap, oh my god, my masterpiece, right? Yeah. You're going to go through that, but I yeah. love going through that. Yeah. Um, just this past weekend, I did like a five-foot-tall birthday that. cake. It was wild. And I first started, I'm like, oh my god, they're going to hate it. Um, I don't know mm -hmm. what I'm doing. Yada, yada. That took me four days to complete. And in that four days, I went through such highs yeah. and lows with it. But that's what, that's what I'm going to remember, not yeah. the end piece. Yeah. I'm going to remember the process of doing it. Absolutely. That's going to help me propel forward yeah. with other big cakes. Now I have the confidence to go one step ahead, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. So I don't necessarily look at it like that. Like people ask me all the time, like, doesn't it hurt you when they cut it? It's like, no, like mm. I did my duty in terms of making them a masterpiece. They're going to enjoy mm -hmm. it. They, they get to enjoy the end result and they can do whatever you want with it. Mm. You got to let go of your ego in that sense. Let go of your ego. Yeah. Write yeah. that down, kids watching out there. <laughs> let go of your ego. That's a huge really? lesson that I've learned in this past year. It's just like, For it's sure. not about, it's not all about you. Yeah, it's, absolutely, you know, absolutely. It's a, it's, a, it's a bigger bigger story. And I think that goes back to our central theme of today's episode mm -hmm. of protecting your dreams, mm -hmm. right? 
because if imagine if Rav didn't it was investing 12, 24 hours into someone right. else's dream right. or to doing something that she didn't enjoy. Yeah. And then I think if I were to ask you about something like that, if I were to ask someone who hates their job about, mm -hmm. okay, you completed this report for your boss. Yeah. It took you a week. Yeah. He's going to read it in an hour. Yeah. And How would you feel? He'd exactly. be like, man, right? Yeah, exactly. That eats me up. Exactly. But because like, even in this podcast, it took me nine hours to think about what to ask you. Right. Took us two hours to get here. Mm -hmm. You know, for for Hank, our videographer, to edit, probably yeah. it was going to take like two days total for someone for to sure. sit down for thirty minutes. Totally. But if if I take if I put that time and I know this is my purpose, this is what drives me every morning. Like we talked about, like, it takes me four a.m. Tick 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 tick. Yeah. I'm up because I'm excited about this. Yes. Therefore, it's not a waste of time. We do exactly. we do appreciate the process more than that end result. Of course, of course. Yeah. So, so I want to talk about. A sociological buzzword. Yeah. The term of flow state mm -hmm. that emphasizes or articulates right. when someone is in their deepest level of focus. Mm -hmm. In this, in the case of the Big Bake. Yep. Over five hours. Right. When did you hit flow state? If if it's valued at all, or is it yep. like an overall flow state? Because mm -hmm. in basketball or in sports. Totally. Flow state is optimized at the beginning and the end of game, right. so you can either get it to a big lead or you can close the gap. Totally. But for something like this, when is flow state? I personally think, so just going back to it, in the first off-camera, we had 20 minutes time to do our structure, and that's when I failed. I thought we were going to lose already. We didn't know what to do with the drill and the hammer and the screwdriver. I'm like, oh, my God, we've already failed, right? Mm -hmm. But then... I just kind of reeled ourselves back. We had a little bit of a break to start the actual five hours then. Yeah. Um, and then then I was like, no, like this, we're not doing this to necessarily win. We're doing this for the experience, right? Yeah. And just reminding ourselves of that. Yeah. Um, I think flow state really hit me hour one, after hour one to the very end. And I feel, felt yes. like I was in this like hyper laser focus. This is what we got to do. This got, we got, oh, we got to change. Just rolling with the punches. Yeah. Our design was very close to what we wanted, but not, oh, not exactly. Like we had to sacrifice something, yeah. but it was just like, you know, what can we, what can we do? What can we, what did you sacrifice? The, um, there was supposed to be like branches going up. Mm. So it looked like it was kind of floating. Yeah. Um, and then there was supposed to be like a fence along the, like a creepy fence along the house. Mm -hmm. uh, so there was that. We sacrificed some rotating heads and skulls right. and things like that. Um, but we had our main feature on. So right. a very, before we even started the competition, I you know spoke with the team, like the, our priority is to get a finished cake. Mm -hmm. If we need to leave these details, this is a priority detail that needs to be on there. These are the less lesser yeah. details, right? So, I mean, as a person as detail-oriented me as me, that was, like, huge for me to leave out. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, what is the bigger picture and what we're going to do to get to that end, end goal, right? And so, like, I feel like we were all kind of just so seamless and it, it was so perfect um, in terms of we were all just kind of feeding off of each other's energies. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if, so, if one person was lacking in one area, the other was pick, pick each other up right. without even communication, like, yeah. without saying, like, I need help, like, someone would just be there. Yeah. Right? So I think we reached a level of synergy that was really like, incredible. So. Yeah. I was going to save this for a little bit later, mm -hmm. but like outside of that prize money, right. would you say the biggest lesson you learned mm -hmm. was developing that level of unsaid and uncommunicated trust with your teammates? Yeah, I think so. I think it had a huge... I think it, one, was a showcase of what we've built so far. Yes. One. And two, going off of it, it was also the confidence that we can even do better. Or we mm. can grow better together, right? There's not one person that Tell was a again. shining star. Tell them again. <laughs> there was no shining star. <laughs> I want to start star. making a case. Can you hire me? 
<laughs> there was no one shining star, right? I feel like yeah. we all excelled in our different niches yeah. or areas. Yeah. And I think that's what the where the beauty kind of came yeah. from in that synergy. So. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So in minutes, for anyone who wants to watch yeah. um, Ravina and her team triumph on the Big Cake, it's uh, the full episode is available on the Food Network's website. Yep. We'll put it on the show notes below. Awesome. Very awesome show. And mm -hmm. uh, 45 minutes 47 well spent. Minutes, yeah. In the very first minute of the show, yep. you had uh, you introduced yourself, you introduced the team, et cetera, et cetera. You said, quote, mm -hmm. we are going to win mm -hmm. because we are brand new mm -hmm. and we are millennials that get things done. Right. Naturally, yep. you and I, everyone outside of fictional vampire Edward Cullen mm -hmm. ages and, mm -hmm. and grows, right? Mm -hmm. So as we transition into our early 30s, right. mid-30s, Whenever. What's your next iteration? What's your next evolution as a cake artist? And how will you use what was once your strength and then right. make that a continued strength? Mm -hmm. I think in the realm of cake, uh, I want to do more structural art pieces. I want to express a little bit more artistically through that, right? Like structure mm -hmm. with cakes like this, with competitions. That's very like on the surface. Right. On the other end of the things, I was speaking about this, I really want to hone in on the psychology of an entrepreneur, of someone that mm. is striving for their passion, whether they're making it a business or not, it doesn't necessarily have to be an entrepreneur, right. but um, just like what is that mindset and really diving into that. And I want to do workshops and talks and seminars yeah. about this because I feel like it's not talked about enough. Right. And especially that millennial comment like, on the outside, everyone shits on the millennial generation because they think that we can't work or whatever. But it's about finding what what works for us, right? Work more efficiently as opposed to work harder. Exactly. That's what Ex we learn from our parents, right? Exactly. Twelve exactly. hours doesn't have to be twelve hours. No, 12 it doesn't. Hours you can do it in six. Yes. Right. So it's like, how do we do that? And that oftentimes gets perceived as lazy. But like, how do we shift that mm -hmm. rhetoric? How do we shift that dialogue? Absolutely. Um, so I definitely want to speak more about that, and also. Even, you know, pertaining to the stereotype, like slashing that. How do we slash that? How do we change that? Mm -hmm. um, and for me, my big why is to go for your dreams. And how do we make that sustainable and practical, practical right? Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, we're both, as, as well as being big book fans, we're mm -hmm. also big Jay Shetty fans. Yes. <laughs> A podcast that he did recently with Eva Longoria. Okay. I haven't listened to that one. It's pretty good. Yeah? Maybe not top... 10, but like top 20. Okay. <laughs> so okay. check it out if you get yeah. a chance. On, on, your, on your drive to work or something. <laughs> yeah. But the, um, Jay asked Eva, how do, you, um, how do you find time for everything? Especially when during Desperate Housewives, when she was right. at her peak. Mm -hmm. She was overwhelmed busy, busy. with right. opportunity. Mm -hmm. And she said, at that time, I paired everything that I did. Hmm. So as I was driving from, I don't know, suburbs to, yeah. to downtown LA to shoot. Yeah. I would be on my phone with my agent. I would be right. calling my, my mom, my parents at the time. I'd be right. talking to my partner. Mm -hmm. And then like during her leisurely time, when she was, when she was taking a bath, yeah. she would also be like thinking, like memorizing her lines. Right. She'd be calling her grandma. Like everything was paired. Yeah. And I think that goes, just goes back to what we spoke about like yeah. 45 seconds. Like, I do that. <laughs> yeah. But like, we just didn't put like yeah. didn't words to that. Right. Like totally. we are, people may label us millennials as lazy, but yeah. really just, well, we're we are yeah, efficiently, yeah. and we are like professional multitaskers. Totally, 100%. Like our phones can do like 20 things at a time. Totally. And that's trained our brain to do like, I, I can't get to 20. I can do like five things at a time. Yeah, like, yeah. So maybe, maybe you can do 20. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I think I, that, that's really interesting to 
hear the pairing because I feel like I just inherently do that. Yes. Like I maybe, you know, um, listen to a podcast on my way from work and learning things or doing my power yes. list while I'm doing something else yeah. or, or things like that or like I'm talk having a team meeting while I'm working on a cake, right? Yeah. So it's like, so we're using our time efficiently. Yeah. I, and I like that. Sorry like to that. interrupt. Yeah. But something else that you do on your drive home that you shared with me is uh, Ravina has uh, an Instagram account called at yeah. RabThinks. Yeah. yeah. And you would tell me, you told me once an off an off camera conversation, you yeah. would just talk Record. to yourself in notes. Yep. And then later on, that would be, become your captions, right? Yep. So it doesn't always have to be something that's quote unquote productive. It can just be like totally. something that. It can be a creative yeah. dump. Yes. Right? Yes, like yes, just yes. like a brain dump. And sometimes we need to do that. It's just like get everything out there and yeah. then see what's there because some you'll often like surprise yourself, right? right? Some some of my most like, I mean this may sound a little cockier or again, but like some of my most profound deep conversations and like captions mm -hmm. and writing comes from that brain dump. Absolutely, and I didn't even realize it was there. Yeah, right. So. Are you aware of um, Bill Gates, former Microsoft CEO? He takes a month off of Microsoft oh, back when he was running Microsoft. Yeah. He took a month off of Microsoft work. Mm -hmm every month just to read and learn and be mm. away from the world. That's awesome. I think like we can still do that like to a lesser degree because we don't have the, uh, the currency of, yeah. of time that he totally. does. For sure. But uh, like, can we take like a screen-free Saturday? Can we take two hours in the morning and not be on Insta, not be right. on Snapchat? Right. I think that's really important to kids totally. moving forward. Like, totally. You need to have, we used to call it shower thoughts, right? Mm. Because when we grew up, Right. We'd just be like, all right, oh, yeah, yeah. great idea. Exactly. But exactly. we don't have those shower thoughts no. anymore because we are always, always overwhelmed and stimulated with information. But then it goes to the question. I saw this on um, a fellow creative's uh, Instagram. Yeah. It's like, how do we make our Instagram curated that it's actually propelling us forward, right? Following those accounts that actually inspire us. Following yes. those things, yes, you know, yes, 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 getting yes. rid of all the garbage. Yeah. And I think that, that was really profound for me yeah, yeah. Um, in just getting rid of what we don't need. Yeah. I think that's so important to pass on to any kid watching this as well. I mean, like Drake said it best. I don't remember the song, but you worry about your followers, but you need to get your dollars up. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. we're so concerned, or most kids that I interact with are so concerned with, right. what's my, do I have more followers than I have people following? Totally. That doesn't mean shit. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean shit. Like no. that, that is just a vanity metric. Yeah, totally. Uh, that may be a difficult it's term for a kid. It's just noise. It's noise. Yeah. yeah. And for me, like, all due respect to the 900-something people that, that, that I'm following on my professional account at the moment, half of you guys I follow still, but I mute you. Mm. Because I need to, if, how do I see something from you? Right, if totally. If some, you have all this yeah, other stuff Someone happening. eating sushi on a Tuesday night <laughs> exactly. is clouding uh, no, my judgment. No, right? I, I totally agree with that. Like, um, we, yes, I, I, I do post often on Instagram, but I'm very rarely, very rarely scrolling. I yeah. don't scroll. Yeah. I don't engage in that because yeah. I don't find any purpose for me with it. Yeah. I know that sounds very selfish because yeah. I'm putting my content out but there. But you're not. But in the same sense, it's like I don't want to cloud whatever's going yeah. on my head, my process, whatever, yeah. with a bunch of memes, right? right? Like I'm, yeah. I know that I'm worth more than that and my yeah. potential's there. Yeah. And sure, like obviously you have a lazy Sunday and you're scrolling, whatever, yeah. but when it's time to work, yeah. I, I don't. Can I challenge you on that? I actually don't think you're being selfish. Mm -hmm. The fact that you're protecting your own space and creating mm -hmm. that own boundary, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there's two teams in this day and age in the economy that we have in right. the social media uh, ecosystem. Mm -hmm. You're either a creator mm -hmm. or you're a consumer, right? right? But you can't be too much into either end or right. else you lose yourself. So you have to scroll occasionally, but you're not being selfish. You're actually 
adding to your own value as a creator by not over consuming, in mm -hmm. my opinion. Okay. I, I like that. I like yes. that way. Yes, I contributed to the conversation, yeah. guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do like that, yeah, because oftentimes I'm like, ah, oh, damn, like, I'm not engaging, I'm not whatever, yeah. but I'm like, you know. But, but if you never school, how do you get it? new, new inspiration, right? Yeah. So, Rav, if you're comfortable with discussing, mm -hmm. one of the topics that I'm extremely, extremely passionate about mm -hmm. is destigmatizing mental health okay. in the public discourse as a male of color to be like a face of men who go to therapy, a okay. face of men who are very in touch with their emotions, of course. A, a man who is just vulnerable in the public space. Mm -hmm. And I love that. But for you, right. in an offline conversation we had, you said you went through some very, very dark times when yep. you were 16. If you'd like, please talk a bit mm -hmm. about those times and sure. what are that, what skills that you that, and life lessons that teach you that you're applying now in this case. So, just to give a little bit of short backstory, when I was 16, 17, um, late high school years, I felt very isolated. I felt like I didn't belong. I felt very awkward. I felt like I didn't belong. Um, I felt that to such a strong degree that I felt like I wasn't worthy to be on this planet anymore. So I had those dark, scary thoughts. I self-mutilated. I was very depressive. I, you know, suicidal ideation. And that was very a part of my life for almost a, a span of two years. And writing was actually a huge thing that kind of propelled me further into that hole. Um, but now looking back on it, I'm very grateful for that time in the sense that it showed me that I was able to pick myself up again. Mm -hmm. And it, show, it gave me a struggle. And it gave me a struggle that I feel so passionate, passionately about in terms of the sense that it was a precursor for me to learn the value of, value of picking up yourself, picking up the pieces, the value of empathy, of compassion, of therapy, of all of that, of yeah. that entire world, right? Yeah. So I'm, I, I think that it was a necessary yeah. precursor. And you mentioned there you pick yourself up, yeah. precursor to this. Yes. Unfortunately, not everyone does pick themselves no, up, right? Exactly. So how specifically, what was right. very helpful in the process of going, being like right. suicidal ideation to right. one of the most successful entrepreneurs in this community? So I think for, oh man. <laughs> if you're willing to share. No, no, of course I'm willing to share. But um, for me, I think it was one who I surrounded myself with. Um, I was... Uh, I started being a lot more vulnerable, saying, you know, it's th these feelings are human feelings, mm -hmm. and I'm allowed to feel these feelings, but I need help, and admitting that I needed help. Getting, you know, my, my family, you know, to really be there, that was a huge, huge thing for me. Mm -hmm. And also just realizing that I had every, I had every capability to pick myself up. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just a reminder that you know, maybe vulnerable teens, vulnerable adolescents may need yeah. sometimes, you are so capable of picking yourself up. Yeah. As much as you can bring yourself to that hole with the thoughts that you think, you can pick yourself right back yeah. up. And it starts with the way you talk about yourself, the way you think, yeah, yeah. the way, the language that you surround your life with, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's, it comes down to that. And I know that may be a hard pill to swallow because it does place a responsibility on yourself. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it is more difficult than that. But a lot of the times, it comes down to that. It's the language that you use to describe yourself, knowing that you're worth it, yeah. knowing that your dreams are worth it, whatever you want in this life is worth it, right? And just yeah. that you have every capability to pick yourself up. Yeah. 
in therapy one time, my an activity that's thank you so much for sharing by the way. Mm. Um, one of the activities that my therapist had me go do was sit, go sit at a coffee shop to begin the day, mm. and you're doing nothing else but writing down every single thought that you get. Mm. And unfortunately, at that point in my life, like four or five years ago, when I looked at the piece of paper, right. 90% of those things were so self-inflicting, so harsh towards yeah. other people. Mm. And what you said there, like, mm -hmm. what's, what, what's, what's the language we're using, we're using to talk about ourselves, right? Yeah. And if the way that we're seeing the world and what the, what we, the language we use to project the world, that we yeah. describe the world, right. often starts in here. And it's so all how, your subconscious. But how, what percentage of people yeah. evaluate what happens in between their ears? Yeah. Like we just numb it all out, yeah. unfortunately, back to the phone, we do. right? We do. I'm not. I'm feeling shitty today. It's not a good day. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Let's well, watch. Let's watch a chat video, right? It, it makes it better. But exactly. that doesn't. That's not. That's a temporary solution. I think that yeah, the, the language. It's neurolingual psychology, right? It's like the more you tell yourself that you're gonna fail, this is not a good thing. Yeah. That more your hard drive in your yeah. brain. That's. It's only gonna give you more yeah. of that. That's it. Because yeah. it's the lens that you're seeing things through. If you consider a situation, for example, let's say if you lose your phone, and if you consider that situation, oh my God, I lost my phone, yeah. like, world's over. Instead, you can be like, <clears throat> I can replace this. Right. I can replace this. This is, a, uh, this is a material object. I can replace this tomorrow if I wanted to. Yeah. And now I don't need to worry about what's on Instagram. Might not be the same I mean, phone, but I could, you still get a phone, right? Phone, yeah. right? And just like honing back on that, it's like what you, we get, again, it comes to the, you have an active choice of what feeling and meaning you assign absolutely. to the events that happen in your life. Absolutely, absolutely. And it, it starts with the language that you use. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Beautiful. Definitely. So going back to mental health, it's like, so after that period, I, it, it was a precursor because then it, I, it inspired me to do a degree in psychology that when I finished that, I went into um, doing behavior interventionist work and childcare work with children with autism. So I saw kids all along the spectrum and that taught me the beauty of empathy and compassion. And I, honest to God, if I didn't have that time in my life, if I didn't work in that field, this would not be what it is. Was this right after UBC? This is right after, yeah. yeah. Right, so this is right after UBC. I worked as a behavior interventionist for two and a half years. I was able to help in changing kids' lives with yeah. our team and taught me the power of empathy and love and compassion yeah. in such yeah. a different way. Absolutely. And that, honestly, is the fundamental of how I run my yeah. business now. And the reason that I asked Ravina mm -hmm. there, was it right after UBC, was... Mm -hmm. How many people in the world out there are getting that message from their parents? Mm -hmm. What you have to immediately find your purpose after you graduate university. Mm -hmm. And for those who may not be wired for university, what are you doing right after high school? Yeah. We just get inundated with, totally. what are you doing? Yeah, exactly. But what you just said there was so beautiful. Mm -hmm. I had to be at this place. Yeah. I developed some skills, right. gathered some empathy, a little bit of compassion here. Totally. And now I'm sprinkling that shit all over my cakes, right? Of course. So every, every experience prepares you for the next one. Exactly. But only if you allow yourself to attach that meaning to it. Yes, ma'am. Only yeah. if you allow it, yeah, right? Yeah, sure. So you need to be like, you know, this shitty thing happened or this wasn't the way I wanted to go. But hey, you're there for a reason yeah. and honing in on that reason. Yeah. And you get to decide what that reason is, mm. right? You can consider something as a sign or as a menial event, but yeah. that's on you. And how you're gonna let it affect you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And like with all the studies and all the counseling I've done with like over 70 hours of therapy, mm -hmm. the thing I've learned most is that the brain is very rewire rewireable. Is that a word? Yeah. 
but every thought that you have is was constructed at some point earlier in your life. Yep. And like you say, mm -hmm. you it only means something because you have ascribed yep. yeah ascribed meaning to it exactly. at any point. For sure. Let's change. Let's change the narrative. Yeah. Right? Let's change the narrative. Exactly. Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. And, I love that. Like in Harry Potter, one of our favorite books. Mm -hmm. All of us are either we're one decision away in our minds from. You're either Harry Potter or yep. you're Tom Riddle. Exactly. He must, he must not be named. We can't say his name on camera. <laughs> right? But like, they have the same exact skill set. Mm -hmm. But what are you going to do to tell? What, do you, what narrative, what, what purpose are you yep. giving yourself in this world? Exactly. Are you going to be the hero or the villain? Exactly. Right? So. That is the most perfect example. Let's go. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm going to use that on my Instagram. <laughs> can you, can you, gotta, you gotta give me a shout out or something, oh, right? Okay. 100. <laughs> Okay, so that, that, brings it. It, that brings an end to our formal piece of our, our episode three of the We Got Us Conversation Tour here. But stay with us here. We got a little bit of fun in our yeah. rapid fire bullet round. Uh, bullet, uh, bullet chamber round, excuse me. Getting too caught up in my thoughts because we're having this <laughs> accelerated conversation. Uh -huh. But stick with us. We'll be back in one moment. And welcome back to what used to be called rapid fire round of the last part of our podcast. But now, awesome. for the first time ever, we're going to call it the bullet chamber. Awesome. Because my hero, Kobe Bryant, once said mm -hmm. that at the end of each game, he wants to leave no bullets in the chamber because that means he would have lost his confidence. So it. these are all the questions that I had for you that didn't fit into the, the overall cool. flow of our conversation. Let's do it. Ready? Yep. Cool. Um, your favorite food outside of cake would be? Anything Mexican. Anything Mexican. Cool. Yeah. Uh, the last time we checked in formally, yep. your, your most played song of last year on Spotify was Better by Khalid. Is. What, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> it still is. I literally you just like got I do, but that song just like, I can't. No, Saturday Nights is Fire. Saturday Nights is Fire. Okay. Yeah, yeah, right. totally. Cool, cool, cool. What provides you with the most joy? Um, seeing my team here. Awesome. Seeing my team, yeah. Every morning. Every morning, lovely. Outside of Monday mornings. I, okay. <laughs> um, what do you fear the most? Um, clowns. Really? Yeah. Um, Outside of me, who mm -hmm. gives you the most inspiration? Um, my dad. Um, outside of my family. There's a few key players. Like um, <laughs> um, Andy Frisella. Do you know who he is? No, I don't. He's an amazing podcaster. Text me that. Very, yeah, I will. Um, MF CEO project that is super, super inspirational. Mm -hmm. My dad's super inspirational. My family, um, my yeah, cousins, yeah. Amin and Sat, yeah. they're incredible role models to me and yeah. just the way they think. Um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Have you seen the original Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire? Yes. When Uncle Ben says, with great power comes great responsibility, yes. right? Everyone wants to be their own boss. Everyone totally. wants to control their own lives, have have a residual income, yep. and freedom over their own time, etc. But a lot of people don't want to have the responsibility of being a CEO like you and I are, yep. right? and put in those extra hours. Right. So, but balance is just as key to entrepreneurship as obsessiveness. Yep. Your favorite form of self care is blank. My favorite form of self care is being by myself. Amazing. Yeah, being by myself. Like this morning, I went to a mall and just walked around. Had no agenda. Just, just was be. Just was me. Wasn't looking at my phone. Just thinking, having conversations with myself. Just being by myself. Those are the best conversations, right? 
always. Always. <laughs> um, so you're always right. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. If you get to your own drum, everything sounds exactly. good. Exactly. <laughs> um, so within the Bullet Chamber, we, I, have, um, I have a segment called Teen Tip Tuesday, which uh -huh. is, well, we're filming this on a Monday, but we're just going to expedite yep. it. Team Tip Tuesday is what would you tell a younger version of yourself and what would you tell the teens out there today? Mm -hmm. So my Team Tip Tuesday, based on watching The Big Bake, was yep. details are so important. Yep. From the sliding house door to the hand that reached out to right. the pumpkins that you made. Right. If you can't do big things well, at least make the small things your masterpiece so that eventually you do the big things well. Totally. Ravina's Team Tip Tuesday is? Um, going on that is... Yes, details matter because those details make up the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. But on a whole whole grand scheme of things is to go for it. To go for it, anything that you want to go for because it's worth it and you owe it to yourself to do it for yourself. Amazing. Um, it's a huge disservice not to, not to do it. So why not? Perfect. There you go. Last one. Uh-huh. You mentioned in your book, Just Moments. Yeah. That's... Going to Paris for baking school was absolutely seminal yes. and, and your development as an artist and as a person. Yes. But here at Gabriel Inc., and I'd like to promote that we are always focused on the future. Yes. So in the next couple months, year, three years, what are you most looking forward to? Just growing as a person, learning more about myself, failing, making mistakes, tripping, and getting back up. And realizing that there's gold in those cracks and that I'm willing, I'm so looking forward to seeing that, to seeing the cracks and filling up, filling them up with gold. Amazing. Yeah. Want to know what I'm looking forward to the most? Yes. In a couple months, yeah. Ravina here is going to get married to Woo! our best friends, Arjun. <laughs> and at, at no after dinner, a couple, back in January, yeah. I gave Arjun a shirt Yeah. I said, we are family. Oh my god! And in a couple months, you're oh gonna be officially goodness. be a part of our family. So, this so is here's so this. Thank you for your time. You. Today. Thank you so much. I, I love you. it. I love it. Oh Amazing. my god. Amazing. Oh, thank you so much. You're welcome. Of course. <laughs> and thank you for your time today. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience? Anything you'd like to plug? Um, watch the book or read the book. Watch the book. Watch <laughs> read the, read the book. The watch the show. Um, I had an amazing time uh, today. Like, just like talking and about growth, about passion, about your loves and just going for it. And it's so, so important to listen to yourself and know that you're worth it. And if, if that, if I could just say that to every kid, to every person that's doubting themselves, that would be what I would say. Just go for it because it's worth it. Amazing. Yeah. Thanks again so much for your time. Thank that you. was episode three of the We Got Us podcast. Amazing. Episode four coming very soon. Yeah. And that's a wrap. And we got a cake. <laughs> and we got a cake. <laughs>